This month, we told you we're going to talk about the voice of God, and we shared on it last week, and, um, and just some things that I shared with you last week that I feel that some things that actually uh, that I've never said before because I've never seen before until now, and uh, some things that I, that I feel are vital to your and my success, our ability to overcome in every situation, our ability to take the promises of God and see the promises manifested. Not just talk about the promises, but see them manifested in our life. It's one thing to know the promises in the Word, but another thing to know how to implement them because we hear the voice of God about those promises, and then we put them to work. We see them come to pass. God wants His promises coming to pass every day, amen, in our life. Not just something that we talk about in the future, but that's manifesting, that's reoccurring, that things that are perpetually happening, perpetually happening and manifesting in, in our lives. Not just a one-time thing, but a continual thing. Manifestation is what God wants in our lives. That's what He created us for, to be on the receiving end of everything that He's done for us. Amen? And so, um, tonight as we look into several scriptures regarding the voice of God. I want you to remember what we talked about last week, this, this comment that we made, that the voice of God reveals the mind of Christ. The voice of God reveals the mind of Christ. So, what, what's going to be, you know... You, you can't separate God's voice from God's life. His life is manifested when He speaks to us, we hear it, we're confident in it, and then we do something with it. And when you hear from God, you're going to hear from the thinking of Jesus. You and I are the body, and, we, and we've talked about that, you and I are the body, we're the, the parts of the body put together, but he's the head. He's the thinking. And when you hear his voice, you're hearing his thinking. He, you're hearing what it is that he's thinking. And what the body needs is to do what the head says. Not get other ideas from other heads from other ways of thinking and try to implement something that God didn't create us to live and to operate in. He created us a certain way and He wants us to operate a certain way and we've got to understand that. So tonight, we're going we're gonna to look back in Genesis 3 that we read last week, but before we get there, we're going to look at three other passages. And I want you to keep in mind that statement that we just that we just put up on the screen, the voice of God reveals the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, I want you to look at it for a moment. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. No, no natural understanding can know and figure out what God has prepared for you and I. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, 
Yes, the deep things of God. Everything has been revealed to us by the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God represents the voice of God. The Spirit of God is here to speak to us, to declare things, but what He's declaring is the mind of Christ. And the 16th verse in this passage says, the last verse there, says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? That's a question. What's the answer to that? Nobody. Who has known the mind of the Lord that you you would understand God the Father, the mind of the Lord, and, and instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We're not created to instruct him. We're created to take instruction from him. Say that, I have the mind of Christ. The voice of God is revealing the mind of Christ. You're you're not going to get the mind of Christ in your life solely by knowing what the Word says. You're not going to get the mind of Christ on every given situation that you have working in your life just because you know what the Word says. We study to show ourselves approved that we know God, we know who He is. You have to study His Word. You have to hear the Word preached. You have to do something with the Word. But there comes a place where you and I individually, individually, we have to be able to hear God for ourselves. But what you're going to hear from the Spirit of God, what He's going to reveal to you is the mind of Christ. Say it again, I have the mind of Christ. So if we have the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ has to be released to us in a specific way. It's revealed, it's released to us by the voice of God, God speaking to us when we go to Him and ask. God's not going to just speak to you because He can speak. He's going to speak to you because you go to Him. Any man lacks wisdom, do what? Wait around for God? No, you ask of God. He gives to all men freely, and He will not withhold those that go to Him. Ask, and you shall receive. Right? Ask and continue to ask, and what you're asking for, you're going to receive. But we got to be in an asking mode, and and, in a state of mind, believing that what we ask for is going to come to pass. Another verse of Scripture in in, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and, ver- and um, verse, in verse 3 of chapter 4. But even if our gospel or if the word of God is veiled or it's hidden, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, we know that that is the devil himself, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest, they don't believe, unless the light of the good news of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So I'm going to say it like this. If the Word of God is hidden, if it's if it's shut off. It's shut off because people's minds are blinded. They're not seeing. 
And the reason they're not seeing or the way that they will have the ability to see and have insight is through the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Through the mind of Christ. I'm going to read that again in that in the last part of the or the on the um, last part of the fifth fourth verse. Lest the light of the gospel, the good news of the glory of Christ. In other words, what the mind of Christ reveals is the good news about a situation. And it opens your eyes to be able to see clearly what God is saying and what God is doing. If people are not seeing things, it's because they're blinded. And, and what will release people from being blinded is the voice of God revealing the thinking of Jesus. Now, I'm going to drive that point home with the 10th chapter of 2 Corinthians. Tenth chapter. And the the uh, fourth verse. For the weapons of all warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of what? Christ, or what we're talking about tonight, is the mind of Christ. Because what he's saying is, the problem, the problem in people's lives are our thoughts. I have the mind of Christ, but there's other thoughts and voices trying to convince me that what Jesus believes about a specific thing is not true. You and I have to get to a place where we become single-minded in what we listen to. I promise you, I promise you that you have no less than a hundred other voices trying to get your attention on a daily basis. I promise you, no less than a hundred voices. And all you need is one. Now, I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 3 that we talked about last week. And uh, the rest of this evening, we're just going to talk about this very point. Because I don't feel like we can go any farther in what I'm going to share along knowing the voice of God until we get things like this straight. And so I'm going to give you just a, a, a lot of different examples in a moment of something that was stated here in Genesis chapter 3. And we're just going to spend some time on this. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3, and we'll just look at verse 8. We kind of went over the story last week. If you weren't here, you can, go, you can download it online or just listen to it. And, uh, but, but we went through this kind of the, the setting up. Actually, let's, let's, look at, um, let's look at chapter 2 and the last two verses of chapter 2, just for a second may not be on the screen, but just, just listen to me. <clears throat> this is, this is Ad, Adam and Eve 
become married right here. After God made them spirit, then he made them and created their bodies out of the dust of the earth, and they became living beings. Verse 24 of Genesis 2 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. They were naked and unashamed. And we go through here and we see that God gave them instruction. God gave Adam instruction. And actually, God gave Adam instruction before Eve was. He made Adam first, and then he took from Adam, and he gave him instruction about having dominion and doing what he said. And, uh, and so they've been given instruction. You can, you can, I mean, you got freedom, you got liberty in this whole garden, in this whole area to do everything. Just don't mess with that one tree. Don't mess with the fruit of the one tree. You've got the liberty and freedom to do whatever they want. Free. And they're naked and unashamed. And in verse 8, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They had taken to the fruit, and now all of a sudden their eyes are open to see, and now they are naked, and they're ashamed, they're in fear. And God asks them a couple of questions that have really hit home in my heart. And I said this to you last week. But I want to spend some time on this based on, on the scriptures that we just looked at. Verse 10 says, So he said, I heard, oh, uh, the, the, in verse 9, The Lord God called Adam and said to him, Where are you? And, it, and like I said last week, it, it, it's not as though God didn't know where they were. It's not like God said, you know, I hid them in here somewhere and I can't remember where they are. I mean, that wasn't the case. I mean, God knew exactly where they were at. Everybody understand that? Um, so he... <laughs> there's my phone going off. I don't know who that unknown caller was. <clears throat> so he said... I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, verse 11, and I want, you to get, I want you to get this in verse 11 here. It's important that you get this and understand it. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man goes into blaming the woman and the woman goes into blaming the serpent, and the rest is history. But verse 11 is something that just kind of jumped out at me here lately. And in his question, God's asking them, who told you that you were naked? Because I never told you. I never told you a thing about the fact that you were naked. And there's only one way for you to know that about yourself. You had to get information from another voice. Who told you that that was so? 
Everybody say that. Who told you? Because I want you to I want you to really start thinking about that as you apply that to your life in situations that you find yourself in. Who told you that? Why did you do a specific thing? Who told you that? God asked him this question. Who told you? In other words, who have you been listening to that framed your thinking? Who have you been listening to that framed your thinking to make this choice? Because the choice that was made was not from the options that they were given from God. In fact, the choice they made was based on exactly the opposite of what God told them about that fruit on that tree. But he said, who told you that? Who told you? What voice were you listening to that told you you were naked? And that told you you could eat of that fruit? And told you that it would be a good thing for you to eat of that fruit? Because you remember in the previous verses, uh, Satan said to them, man, that'll be a good thing, and all of a sudden, you'll be like God. Well, the truth of the matter is they already were. Truth of the matter is today that you and I already are. We were created in His image. We are like God. Amen? Because of what we were created. We're not Him, but we're like Him because we're created in His class, in His world. Right? We're created in His image, not in the image of animals or angels or anything else. We're created in the image of God. And He gave them explicit instructions about how to operate in the garden. And what happened was the two of them gave more, they gave more attention to the voice of a snake than they did each other or what God had told them. You know, the Bible's very clear that Adam was standing there watching Eve take the fruit and take a bite. And you know, what would have happened if he would have said, wait, 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 that goes against what the voice of the Father, what the voice of God spoke to us, that goes against what he said. And, and, and so, She's maybe not seeing everything that Adam's seeing, but yet Adam just stands there, and not only did she take a bite, but she handed it over to him, and he took a bite. They did the absolute opposite of what they knew was right, or what they were told. And one of the things that I pointed out last week is that when they were in, when they were in the garden, and they were hiding they heard God walking. So they knew his footsteps. They knew what he sounded like. So that means they knew him. Someone says, well, you know, maybe it was just like from one day to the next from creation. It wasn't one day to the next. They had spent a lot of time with him. You, you, you have to know somebody to know the sound of their footsteps. Hmm? I promise you I can tell if I, I, I don't have to see my wife walking, but if I hear her, if she has shoes on that have some sound to them, I can tell it's her, vice versa. You know why? Because we know each other. They knew him, and they didn't pay attention to his voice. They listened to another voice, and they let that voice frame the decision that they made. 
And the verse of scripture that we just, the three verses, passages that we just read, all talked about the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And the ability to bring every thought captive to the mind of Christ comes to you and I from the voice of the Spirit of God. What does the voice of the Spirit reveal? The thinking of Christ. The thinking from the head. The head telling the body what to do and my ability to do and accomplish in life what God wants me to accomplish comes from me learning to listen to the voice of the head. The voice of the Spirit reveals the mind of Christ in our lives. So, Tonight, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read through and just talk a little bit about a dozen different examples for the rest of the time that we have tonight. And I'm going to take my time on them. And um, some, some of these examples may not relate to anybody in here, but I'm putting them out there because of what we've just read in Scripture and the importance of exposing the lie of the enemy and the voices that the enemy operates in through other people, through uh, the access of information. We have information highways that just go and, and come at us from every direction. I promise you, you have a minimum of 100 voices a day speaking to you in all different types of ways, trying to convince you to do things contrary to what the will of God is. And there's one still, small voice that you and I have to learn to pay attention to. So, tonight, just think of some of these things as I go through them. <clears throat> Who told you that you could say something ugly about another person who told you you could you could say something ugly about your spouse who told you that you could say something ugly about a family member or somebody close to you who told you that you could speak ugly and talk ugly about somebody that you work close to a co-worker at work who told you you could do that who told you that you could say something like that remember i'm not saying I'm not saying this to you. I'm not looking at anybody in here. I'm saying these kind of questions need to be asked when we come up against situations that we, don't, we feel powerless to be able to make corrections and do what God wants us to do. There's one still small voice and then hundreds and thousands of other voices that attach themselves to people that allow them to. You and I have the ability, because he said in 2 Corinthians 10, we have the ability to bring every thought captive to the mind of Christ. But we got to hear God. we got to hear Him. Who told you that you could talk about somebody in a negative way? Who, who told you that? So when, when I'm saying that, and you're hearing me say that, God wants you to have that in your arsenal, to ask yourself that question when you caught yourself saying something about somebody that was created in the image of God, and then you go back and you decide, who told me to say that? Did God tell me to say that about that person? If God didn't tell me to say that, then I need to shut my mouth, and I need to make some corrections, and I need to repent, and I need to deal with myself. Who told you?
Let's say that you are in a situation where you're needing a new job or maybe a new career or something that's going on. And all of a sudden, some job comes along and you take that job and just out of the clear blue, you take it because, well, it was, it was the right amount of money or it was the right this or that. My question is, who told you to take the job? What voice told you to take the job? What voices came to you and gave you instruction and a plan to go by? And was that plan that you listened to in the voices that you heard, was that plan God's plan? See, see, a, a voice can say this, man, you better take that job because there may not be another one. Man, you better take that job because that's more money than, than the last job you had and you may never get another job like that at that, at that, at that pay. I, I can promise you 110% of the time that that's never the voice of God. You mean... Pastor, you're saying that if I got offered a good job with good money, that that's not God? I didn't say that. I just said you can't use those indicators as the voices that you let lead you into that job because as the Bible says, see, there's an answer in the Bible for everything, and this is, this is the one I'm going to give you right here. There's a way that seems right, but the end is destruction. What does the voice of God reveal? The thinking of Jesus. Does Jesus think bad in any area of your life for you? Is there any bad thought that Jesus had? No. Actually, he has good thoughts, thoughts of peace and prosperity and advancement in everything that happened. Why would I want to do anything else but what Jesus said to do? I've got to hear the mind of Christ. I've got to hear the voice of God, which is the mind of Christ, which is the thinking of Jesus, who is the head of the body. There's a bunch of other heads. There's a bunch of other ways of thinking. But he, there's one still small voice that has it for you and I, and it takes time to develop that. Can you say amen? This is a good one. Who told you to cheat on your taxes? Enough said there. We won't go into all that. <clears throat> Yeah, but you know the government, you know. Yeah, but yeah, but you, you know what they think. You know what they say. Well, the government this. and you know, but they're just robbing and stealing us. And all kinds of voices. All kinds of voices. All kinds of voices. And if you have some reasons, you know, there's a lot of ways to, uh, there are a lot of different ways finding right people with right wisdom and knowledge and understanding for there to be tax breaks and take every advantage you can get. But when you start playing around with voices telling you that the government's crooked and they shouldn't do that and they don't have a right to do that and they don't have a right to tax me and all these kind of things, you got to go back to the Bible. And the Bible's real clear. Jesus is real clear. Whatever Caesar tells you to pay, just pay it. Believe me for it and I'll take care of it and I'll do it. You don't have to chant, you don't have to do things on the side and try to try to skimp and cut and do this, all this kind of thing, because most of that is rooted in fear. We have to learn how to do it. 
probably every human being's cheated on their taxes. So everybody just take a deep breath. Ah, he's not talking about me. Probably somewhere somebody's done something, you know, they just say, ah, forget that or whatever. But you just have to decide who told you to do that. You have to make up your mind. You can ask yourself, who told you to cut that corner? Because what we're talking about is hearing the voice of God and advancing and prospering and moving forward like nobody on planet Earth. And to do that, we have to believe that we can hear the voice of God. Can you say amen? Amen. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, was, I was asking God to give me some examples to write down, and I thought this was a good one. Um, who told you while you were shopping at H-E-B, that you could eat that whole box of crackers and not pay for it. I mean, I guess people do that. Oh, wait a minute. I think I did that one time. <laughs> I guess people do that. Who told you to do that? Just try, uh, what I'm trying to do is make the point that there's times we do things and we just write it off and it's no big deal. But the more you write off, the more you do in that direction because what the enemy's trying to do is get you out of learning how to hear his voice and practice it in everything that you do. People, I hear people say all the time, well, you know, I don't do all that, you know, having to listen to God and all this kind of stuff. God gave me a brain and a mind and I can think and I can make a decision and all that kind of stuff. Do it. Bible's real clear. If you make decisions based on what you think, the end is destruction. Isaiah chapter 1. Go read the whole thing. It'll tell you real clear. I'm just talking about, see, see, see I, I, I can't read these things. I can't read these examples. If I don't have scripture to back up, this is what you have to do. You see? I mean, it can sound good and it can sound funny or it can sound this or that or the other. But if I don't have scripture to back it up, then it doesn't work. But the Bible's just real clear. He's just trying to get us out of ourselves and get us totally saturated in Him. Yeah. That's what He's after. Who told you you could leave that church? Who told you that because you got enough revelation and enough word that you can just leave church? I, I'm, I'm, I've become convinced of this about the church world. That if, you, if, you, if you've come into a church and it's liberated your life into a church body, whether it be this or somebody's sitting here and you're from some other church or whatever, if you've come into that church and it helped to liberate your life, if God doesn't lead you to some other place to go, if he doesn't lead you in that, just to fall out of church, the end of it's going to produce a lot of destruction in people's lives. You have to be led out of a place. Because to be led out of one place is to be led into another. Because the only way you can prosper is to be planted in the house. Those who are planted in the house will flourish in everything else that they do. You have to be connected to something bigger than you. So see, for there to be in church life, for there to be a releasing of your life, the, the, the leaders of that church have to be in agreement with that. See? So instead of just, instead of people just 
uprooting and leaving because they're offended or mad or they're tired or, you know what, I've done this for long enough and that, you know, you, you kind of, you get what you need to get your feet solid on, on, on the ground and now you're going to just alienate yourself from what got you to that place. It's a destructive place. The enemy, it, it's destructive. I'm not saying that, that you, you be in a place for a season and God leads you to another place, but it's because God led you to another place and people that aren't concerned about keeping you in a place are going to release you to another place if it's really God. See, but, but it has to be something that God leads, not because you're frustrated. You, you can be frustrated in one place and go to another place and be frustrated there too, see, because the same frustration hasn't been worked out. And that's what God wants. So who told you to do that? Like I said, these don't necessarily relate to anybody here tonight, but they need to be said because all of these together and many more are questions that have to be asked about things that go on in our life so that we become people confident that we can hear the voice of God, which is the mind of Christ, so that we don't live our lives trying to think our way through life, but we live our life with the mind of Christ and the thinking of Jesus so the decisions we make are based on what he says is so. And when I'm making decisions based on what he says is so, then I'm going to advance and prosper in everything I do. I, 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 listen to me. There lies the problem in most situations with most people. Where they're not advancing, where they're not overcoming. I didn't say there's not struggles and difficult times and seasons of things. But we've got to be led out of those seasons into times where we know that we've heard the voice of God and we're doing exactly what He said. And listen... Some of the times when we know we've heard from God will be the most resistance. No, not some of the times. Actually, every single time. That's, that's where some of the most difficult resistance comes, but we have the faith to press through because we, knew, we know we've heard from God. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> Who told you you could drive 90 in a 45? You know, maybe just your flesh. Hmm? Got me a new car? <laughs> Can do it. You know, when you're a kid and you got a new set of sneakers, oh man, you could run. I mean, you could run faster when you put those sneakers on than you could before. You know, you didn't do any other workout or anything, no training or nothing. But man, when those kids went on, boom, man, you could just, you could run. And, you know, a lot of us guys here in Texas, you get a new car and you just think that car's ready to race. I mean, when I was 15, I got my driver's license when I turned 15 in New Mexico. And uh, my dad had a, my parents were divorced and so he had a couple of cars and one of his was a, was a 1973 Grand Prix. And that was, that came out of the, the GM strike in 72. And that 73 Grand Prix had a 455 with dual four barrels in it and no posi track rear end in the back. So we'd go out to the quarter mile and we'd, we'd race that car and we'd throw a bleach out there. And I mean, there was no posi track rear end with a 455 with dual, dual four barrels and, and, and dual pipes coming out the back. I mean, those tires just, I mean, we'd have to put a new set of tires on after we raced. Because we just wore all the wore it all off. Well, I mean, you know, I just felt like that car with that engine in it was supposed to go really fast, you know. And uh, policemen didn't think so. 
And so, you know, you find yourself getting tickets as a young guy. I mean, first year of my driver's license, I think I had two tickets that year. I don't think I had any tickets after that, but that first year I had two tickets because I just thought, you know, I could do that. Who told you? Who told you you could go and do that? Man, you're just, your adrenaline, your flesh, whatever. But who told you you could drive 90 in a 40? Doesn't work, right? There's something that's not right about that. You got to obey the laws of the land and, and, and obey the voice of the Spirit of God. He's teaching us how to control things in our flesh. And he gives us these opportunities to learn how to hear his voice. What is he really telling us? We may not like to hear that, but it's the absolute truth. Who told you you could lie to your spouse or to a friend or to somebody or to a boss or to some, some, someone else? Who told you you could lie and not tell the absolute truth about something? Who told you that? And you stop and think about that. It's not just lying about something is not just uh, you just in the spirit of the moment you just had this thought and you just didn't tell the truth about something. In most cases, you've been listening to multiple voices that have prepared your story and set it up to say something or tell a story about something that's not the absolute truth. Who told you you could do that? Well, if you want to live your life as a liar and be known as a liar and people can't trust you and all those kind of things, if that's the life you want to live, then live it. But God said, I'll teach you how to live a life of absolute truth and tell the story and dot every I and cross every T. I'll show you what that will yield in your life if you learn how to do that. So the question is, who told you that you could get away with that? You know, the thing is, the truth is, we don't ever get away with anything because we reap what we sow. So Pastor, I wasn't really planning on this kind of a message tonight, you know. But it's just the absolute truth. And we need to hear these kind of things. Because what I'm trying to set up for you is that you were created in the image of God and inside of you is the mind of Christ, the thinking of God. And the thinking of God wants to be in control of everything you do, everything you say, everything you look at, everything you spend your time on, everything. Every, every place that your feet take your body and, and the direction that you go and how you live your life and everything else, he wants to be in control of all of that. But it's not going to just happen. You have to bring every thought that tries to tell you something that goes contrary to the will of God, you have to bring those thoughts captive. And I don't know about you, but man, sometimes bringing thoughts captive can be a full-time job on a daily basis. I mean, it can be busy. It can be a busy time. Bring, no, you know what? I'm not saying that. No, I'm not talking about that person like that. No, I'm not letting that thing come out of my I don't care if, if it's just a little, you know, twist of something that was being said. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to say it like that. I'm bringing that thought captive. I'm not allowing myself to speak something that's not the absolute truth. So who's telling us these things that we can get away with this kind of stuff? Who's telling us? I promise you it's not God. It's the enemy. Directly and indirectly, it's the enemy and, and demonic spirits that operate in the souls of other people. Christian people, all of us sitting in here, you've entertained demon spirits in your soul, not in your spirit, man, if you're born again, in your soul, in your thinking, your mind, will, and emotions, based on information that you were taught, ways that you were taught growing up. You know, people told you you could do this. You know, well... Um, 
You know, everybody's in fear, everybody worries, everybody, everybody's got to, if you're not worrying about something, you're not being responsible about things. People have been taught all that kind of stuff. I promise you, that comes from the devil. And if that's in your thinking, that's in your soul. Those are demonic thoughts in your soul. See, we, sometimes we think that demonic means that you're demon-possessed. No, that's controlling the way you think, and that's what he's talking about in these passages of Scripture. That's what you've got to bring that thinking to the thinking of Jesus and allow that to rule. And when that rules, it says you bring every thought captive to the way Jesus thinks and then all of your disobedience will be overtaken by obedience. Then you're going to find yourself doing what he tells you to do. But we have to learn to be aware. I'll just say it like this. I think in my practice time, of hearing the voice of God, I think that when I identify what isn't God, it's so much easier to know what is God. And the only way you can identify what isn't God is to know what His Word says about what He is. Would God ever tell you to lie? No. Not any day Not any day and twice on Sundays he wouldn't tell you to lie. Not any day. So any time that you're entertaining doing something that is not of truth, it's not God. And the way you stop that is bringing those thoughts that are trying to get you to say and do things that are not of truth into obedience to the way God's thinking. And when you do that and you learn to develop that and it becomes a way of life for you, Man, you shut all these things down. See, then it's not, oh man, I, Pastor, I don't just have 10, 10 who told you's. I've got 100 who told you's, yeah? But when you start dealing with one who told you that, then one will kind of cover five. And then five will cover 15. And 15 will cover about 50 of them. Because all of a sudden, it becomes a way of life, so you don't entertain any of that stuff. And you cast those thoughts down every time that they come because you're practicing on it and you're working at it and, you, and you, you're determined, I'm going to live my life doing what God says and not anything else. I'm going to listen to that one still small voice and not give attention to all those other voices. Listen, I didn't say the voices go away. I said we don't give place to them. Yeah. Amen? I don't know why I wrote this one, but um, trying to remember why I wrote that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Who who told you that you could ignore that person? You ever ignored someone because you, bless God, just didn't want to talk to him? Is it okay to ignore them? You ever had someone call on your caller ID and you're thinking, And uh, who told you that you weren't supposed to answer that call? Now, you know, I mean, I'm just telling, all I'm saying is, I mean, every call that you turn down may be right. Amen. But, yeah, right. But when we're all thinking, so maybe I'm thinking too much about myself 
and not enough about being there and being a blessing to someone else. And there's times when you can't take a call, like you're in a meeting or you're with someone else and you can't, you just let that go and, and you'll call them back later. You know, they leave a message or whatever and you do it. I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I'm saying, who told you that you could ignore a person? I'm not just talking about phone calls. I'm just talking, sometimes we ignore people that we come across on a day-to-day basis. We may ignore people on the job. Somebody that is at a desk near you and you walk by them every day and you just ignore them. And, and who's telling you to ignore that person? I learned early on that the more difficult people out there, those are the ones that God wants you to open up to. Because have you ever had someone say, oh, watch out for that person. They're really this way or that way, you know? And I used to think, you know, so uh, I wouldn't want to talk to him. But I got to the place where, where anybody that says that now, man, I'm there. I'm on them, you know, because I, I want to work my way in and find out. Long story short, because you know, some of you have already heard the story. Some of you could tell me the story I'm going to tell. <clears throat> okay. But the story is a little old lady that everybody told me I, I, was, I, I had my own business and I, and I had to pick up checks from this lady at this car dealership down in the Rio Grande Valley, and everybody told me, you know, man, she's a, she's a witch. They just, man, she's a witch. She's mean. She'll, she'll you know, you, you turn in invoices, she won't pay you for two weeks, three weeks. Okay. So I went in to see her one day, and fir- first day, first day I ever went in there, and I said, uh, I took over so-and-so's business, and I bought it from him, and, and I'm just here. I did all this work, and they said for me to leave the, the receipt from you. She looks at me like this. I mean, just stared a hole right through me. She's about this tall. So I was standing, and she was staring from her seat. And, and I remember just handing it out like this. <laughs> she jerked it out of my hand. She said, she didn't, I, I, and if I remember right, she didn't say a thing. It was just like, I'm standing there, and okay, you know. And it was two or three weeks before I got a check from her. But I learned to work my way into her life. Long story short, I ministered to her and led her to the Lord. And... About six or eight months after I, after I moved out of the Rio Grande Valley, I heard that she got hit. She, she was going through a stoplight, and somebody ran the stoplight and hit her, uh, her right in the side of her car where she was driving and killed her instantly. She, at the time, was probably 80 years old, and, and it killed her. And, but because I took the time with that lady to get into her life, and it took a lot of years. I mean, I, I owned that business for five years, and it took probably two and a half or three years. <laughs> but people used to come and say, how do you get your check from that lady? You know? I said, favor God, man. You know? Just be nice to her, you know? And, and, and she'd give me, I mean, she'd give it to me, and she'd, I mean, there's times she gave me extra money, and she said, because she was the owner's mother, and she'd give me extra money, and I'd say, you know, you gave me too much. I keep it. No, well, I, you know, I, I had to go ask the owner about that. Uh, I didn't want somebody to come back on me later. But she just said, I keep it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, she just loved me after a while. But I led that lady to the Lord. And she left this earth in, in a very ugly situation. But she left this earth born again. Amen? Because I took the time with her. So who's, what voices are telling you to ignore people and not take the time with specific people? And listen, it's not the ones that are easiest because the Bible's real clear. You've got to go back to the Bible. 
You know, what does it profit you if you're good to people that are good to you? Huh? It's the ones that aren't good to you, and you, you learn to get into their life, and they need the Jesus that's in you, and you need to be hearing his voice telling you what to do and how to treat other people. It's vital. I'm telling you, folks, it's vital. It's absolutely vital. And this is, this is, this is a, you know, just a question that, and I'll end with this one, and this can go in any direction, any way, with, with all different kinds of situations in people's lives. But who told you you could do that immoral act or immoral thing in, in, in your life? Who told you that you could do that? And, and a lot of immorality can be stopped if we learn how to hear the voice of God, if we learn to understand the thinking of God. I mean, there's so much, it just runs rampant out there. It's just, it's so easy and it's all through the church and anything else because, because it doesn't matter. It's not the church or, or, or the born again or non-born again. I mean, it's all just out there because we live in these physical bodies and we have appetites and things in the physical body. And if we're listening to voices that are swaying us, getting us to believe that certain things we can do and get away with, we've got to go back to the word. What does the Bible say about it? Right? What does the Bible say? Listen, the Bible gives us instruction that in immoral acts, we enter into covenant with the enemy in immoral ways. There's things that we can enter into with the enemy in ways that other disobedience doesn't connect with him in that way. So all he's trying to do is just spare us and save us from that. It's not, there's not things that we find ourselves doing that are unforgivable. Come on. The blood of Jesus liberated us, but he wants to teach us how to hear his voice and say, wait, 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 before you do that, what voice are you listening to that's telling you you can go do that and get away with that? Yeah, God forgives you, but there's always repercussions and things that come back on us as a result of the choices that we make in life. There just are, and God wants you and I to be set free and delivered of that, right? So the question is, who told you you could do anything that you do on a day-to-day -day basis? And that's what we just have to ask ourselves. Who told you you could do that? Because God will tell you to do everything that the Word says to do. So the more you study the Word, and the Word becomes a part of your life, then the more you develop your ability to hear by asking questions in situations where you know that something is not totally right. Because I'll just tell you this. I'll tell you this. If you're, if you're acting ugly to somebody, if you're talking to somebody in an ugly way, I promise you, if you're born again in here, something is trying to get your attention. See, if I'm, th these are just play words, okay? But if I'm talking about Joey, and I'm telling Fabian about Joey, man, that Joey, he, he's a piece of work. You know, I mean, he acts like he's all this and he thinks he's all that. And, and, he, and, and, and I'm going on and on and I'm telling Fabian this kind of stuff. Do you think that the joy of the Lord is just, I mean, on the inside of me is just bubbling up to this overflowing and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just skipping around and looking for good opportunities by all these ugly things that I'm saying? I promise you not. No, you know on the inside, I promise you, you know what you're doing and saying is not right. And if you, give, if you continue in that and you let that kind of stuff come out of you, not only are you contaminating with your mouth and trying to control and curse other people, but you're contaminating the hearing of another person. 
See, if I'm talking bad about Joey, I, I'm, I'm, it's twofold because I'm affecting Fabian's way of thinking toward Joey, but also he's kind of not respecting me as a person. See, so there's all kinds of things that happen when we, we disobey or we're not listening or asking these questions. You know, I, I hope you get this tonight, what I'm saying, that this question asking of God, it's a lifesaver. It's literally a lifesaver. Because if you'll ask God questions before you make choices to do things in life, the more you get in tune to what he wants, and man, when you're living a life of obedience, it produces and yields things that you never dreamed would work. So in other words, what we just read in Scripture tonight is that disobedience, it shuts down manifestation. It pushes manifestations in your life, in other areas of your life. It pushes them back and pushes them away from happening when we're not learning and developing obedience to the voice of God. See, you obeying something and doing something right, well, I can't cheat on my taxes. Well, that's not enough. No, that's not enough. You have to have conviction about that. And the only way you're going to have conviction is to know the word and be able to hear the voice of God speaking to you in that given moment. You're just going to have to believe me for it. Yeah, Lord, but where is this money going to come from? I don't know how I'm going to do this. God wants you to talk to him like that. God, I'm in a tough place. I mean, nobody's going to ever know that I didn't pay this tax, but, you know, I want to do what's right. And sometimes it takes time to get that, you know? And, and, and I promise you, you, you don't pay your full tax one year, you can come back and pay it the next year. God will give you a whole year to hear it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know why I'm, I, I'm not harping, I'm not saying this like I'm thinking somebody's not paying their taxes, I'm just saying there's an opportunity to not be honest in that area right there. You see, God will give you a whole year. You can come back the next year. And, and, and the penalty is not that much because I've had to do that before. Not that I didn't pay my taxes on purpose. I didn't realize I didn't account for something and I had to come back and pay them the next year, you know? And the penalty wasn't that big. I, I was shocked. I, I was thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to be double the payment or something. It wasn't. It was just like a small amount. But I'm just saying, God wants us to really believe that we hear his voice and that the things that we do are what he wants us to do. And the more we become convinced of that, the freer we become in our life. Can you say amen to that?